0: Welcome back everybody to another edition of the red and blue rivalry position series between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. On this one, we are going to lump up the defensive side of the ball, discuss the defenses for these two teams. And in particular, we're gonna start off with the defensive linemen. So I know this is a position of strength for the San Francisco 49ers. So I am going to punt and let you take the ball.
1: Thank you. When you look at the Niners defensive line, it went from one of their weakest positions to probably one of their strongest in the matter of an offseason. And it starts with the free agency or excuse me, the trade during free agency of D Ford for a second round pick in 2020 to the Kansas City Chiefs. He also signed a new uh, deal. And of course, with the second round pick, uh, the second overall pick, the Niners went and drafted Nick Bosa D-end out of Ohio State. Now they join a defense that actually has some playmakers, but more in the interior, with DeForest Buckner, first-round pick in 2017, and Eric Armstead as well as Solomon Thomas. Now all these guys bring interior pass rush. Solomon Thomas was, you know, dra- was the first draft pick of John Lynch, you know, and they try to put him on the outside. And while he could really stop the run, was good because he's explosive and a really great athlete. He just didn't have that bend that most defensive ends you know you need in order to get around the corner and sack the quarterback so he should find great success now being able to reduce in and play a three tech you know in passing downs you have buckner who is probably one of the biggest stars that no one ever talks about I mean, he's usually a top five three tech you know inside and then you have eric armstead who's on the last year of his deal know looking to get paid probably his last year with the niners and now you add a guy like d ford and one of the fastest first steps in the game yeah along with you know nick bosa who already in training camp is giving joe staley fits yeah and you know having to deal with somebody who has great technique he's a technician it's, it's his family's trade is d end from right. his brother to his dad to his uncle and then he's an athletic freak he's his big strong who can bend you know, and then you have the backups, guys who were starters last year, like a um, Ronald Blair, who I think is a really good D and Contavia Street, who's probably gonna take Eric Armstead's spot at a torn ACL without all your big strong NC state product drafted. And um, what you're looking for is the guys underneath to be able to spell that defense. The, de- the front starting front four isn't what makes it great. It's the depth they have behind it and the ability for these guys to get off. But man, when you can boast the five first-round picks in your front line of you know Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Solomon Thomas, and DeForest Buckner, I mean, they should be able to wreak havoc. It's the most dominant defensive line of football, I believe.
0: Yeah, the talent's definitely there for the San Francisco 49ers. They got a couple of beasts on that defensive line. I think that's going to really be one of the strengths for their team going into 2019. As far as the Cowboys go, I mean, you got the War Daddy. You got Jerry Jones' War Daddy. You got Tank Lawrence, who, you know, I'm really high on and have been high on for years, even when people, as far as like Cowboys fans go, you know, they didn't want to pay him just a couple of years ago. They kept saying, prove it, prove it, prove it. But to me, Tanks that rare blend of size and speed, technique, plays the run, plays the pass. I mean, there's not much else you can ask from this guy. And I love his attitude, man. I love his attitude. He's got a killer attitude. He's one of the leaders on that defense. So, you know, most people outside of Dallas aren't too familiar with anybody else outside of the defensive line than Lawrence, but there's some guys that can play. Nobody's quite on that, like, Lawrence level. But there's guys that can play. You got Tyrone Crawford who, you know, he's one of the veterans. He's one of the unsung heroes on the Dallas line, you know, but he gets his sacks, you know, he gets his pressures and he has versatility. He can play inside at three tech. He's played outside at defensive end. He's had a shift weight so many times depending on the needs of the defensive line. But he's one of those soldiers that's always ready to report for duty. Um, You look at a guy like Robert Quinn, who we brought over from Miami, the former, uh, st louis rams i wanted to say los angeles they were st louis when he was there and you know this guy had 20 sacks you know four or five years ago and he's still getting to the quarterback these days i think he's gonna be good i think it'll do good to have those two ends him uh, taco charlton's behind him and dorrence armstrong who's an unproven fourth round pick from a couple of years ago but looks like he has potential look no big names but i think the end spot's really really can be an above average defensive end group if randy gregory can somehow end up playing this year he has already petitioned to get reinstated from his suspension but you know goodell he's starting to soften up a little bit so i don't know maybe he only ends up getting suspended you know four to six games i don't know but if gregory comes in i think this defensive line is going to be much like the niners a strength maybe not have the talent from top to bottom but there's going to be plenty of guys that are going to be able to get pressure get after the quarterback
1: well we go from talking about in the 49ers strength in the defensive line to probably the strength on the Dallas Cowboys which is your linebacking core so why don't you break down the Dallas Cowboys linebackers for us
0: I mean when you got the starting three linebackers in the base it's impressive you have LVE you have Sean Lee and you have Jalen Smith and Jalen Smith really broke out last season. You know, I, it, he looks like he's damn near fully recovered from that whole game injury he suffered at Notre Dame. LVE, I mean, when he got his his chance to shine, he that's exactly what he did. He shined. And Sean Lee, man, he's he's one of the best linebackers I've ever seen play. But unfortunately, he just he's never, ever, ever, ever stood healthy, man. And he's just been a disappointment but hopefully you know with him being that third linebacker he's going to be taken off the field and nickel down so maybe that'll actually preserve him this year and as far as backups go i mean these are mostly special teams guys you've got um, justin march lillard he's a good special teams player but you you know the depth these guys really don't play. joe thomas you know joe thomas gets to the ball as a linebacker another special teams guy but uh, the strength is Jalen Smith and LVE, man. They have the potential to make this defense go from good to great if they continue to improve
1: upon their 2018 campaign. You know, that's true. I mean, you look at that combo of Jalen and Van Der Eschen, you think that that's kind of like where the straight, the heart of that defense is for the, for the Cowboys. For the Niners, they've had to rebuild. You know, gone are the days of Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Um... And they tried to with, you know, Ruben Foster, they drafted him, traded back in the first round for him, and he just, between his own injuries and off the field blunders, you know, they had to release him. And that really kind of forced them. It took a step back for the Niners. They ended up having to go into free agency and, and pay a guy like Quan Alexander coming from Tampa some serious money yeah. to come play the weak side linebacker position. Now... When I look at a guy like Quan Alexander, man, the dude is fast. He comes to the ball. He comes to hit. You know, there's a lot to like about him. He does miss tackles, but, you know, you think about it, it's like, I mean, if he's getting there so much, every once in a while he's going to miss one. Right. But he's constantly to the ball. He can play coverage. He can play, you know, he's great in this defense. And what you're looking for is he's going to play the weak side. He's transitioning from Mike linebacker in Tampa to more of the weak side linebacker. And what you hope is with that defensive line, he has the ability to kind of jump routes, jump slants, quick routes, his speed, his uh, ability to play in coverage and kind of house those. So you're
0: looking to see this dude get some get his hands on some football. Yes,
1: I think he can. I think he's actually going to be the one that has some picks and and all that linebacking core. He's the guy that's going to be the playmaker as far as that goes. The reason why he's moving to the weak side and he's gonna be an outside linebacker is because they drafted Fred Warner out of BYU it was like 6'3". he's a tall linebacker he's a big yeah. guy I think he's physically big like he's not 240 he's more about 220 but he's like six foot three that's a pretty big linebacker and he played in BYU as what's called like the hangbacker or overlay which is basically you're playing like that strong side you take on tight ends yeah you play in coverage you know you and so you look at him and I like him. I know that a lot of the attention last year for the Rookies went to Van Der Esch and um, the guy from the Colts, uh, I forget his name, but he slips my mind right now. He was the Rookie of the Year, too. he was.
0: He was for the AFC. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, but I think Fred Warner wasn't that far behind. You know, I think he still had some learning to do, but I think in coverage he'll be fine. Again, they'll all get to benefit from that defensive line. Um, he is actually quite smart because even when drafted, they trusted him to have the green dot in the helmet to call the defensive plays over Ruben Foster, who had been in the league already a year. Yeah, you know, right. He was your first round pick. You're, you're, you're giving the control of the defense to your third round pick. And he did well. Um, I, the play will always stick in Niners fans. will we'll remember is the rundown of, I think, Dalvin Cook for the fumble against the Vikings week one. And you have guys like, uh, you know, Drake Greenlaw, who's a rookie, out of Arkansas, who's probably going to be that third linebacker? Um, the strong side, the, the Niners are changing their defense a little bit. That strong side linebacker won't be a 3 4 kind of outside pass rusher like Seattle used to have. Right. Because they have their pass rushers on the D line on the now. D line. So, you know, you're going to have a more traditional, especially with the Y 9, also the defense kind of spreading out a little bit. You need another backer to stay back to go inside. Yeah. To help with the run game and because Quan is is kind of hurt and elijah lee you know is is okay they dropped to drake greenlaw who's probably going to be the other side and is getting you know some reps in and i like him he's got some speed looks pretty good you have elijah lee returning for depth you have malcolm smith returning for depth the team also signed david mayo so you have a lot of guys that are like that's a kind of thin position for the niners but i feel like there's a lot of speed and playmaking too especially when they don't have to hold the you know zones for five six seconds they only have to hold them and jump on routes when they're two three seconds long
0: yeah i mean you know it's all going to start up front for the niners and even the cowboys for that matter but uh let's start talking about the back ends of these defenses let's talk some defensive backs the cowboys man they got they got one of the best uh cornerbacks in the game today i think in byron jones who played at a pro bowl level Early on in the season, he was playing lights out, suffered sort of a, a little hip injury towards the end of the season. And I could see that his play dropped off a little bit. You started to see some receivers, you know, get some separation, get behind him once or twice, but still overall, he was real solid. So hopefully he can return from that hip injury and be back to his Pro Bowl self. And on the other side, you have Cheetobea Bay who's Think he's going into his third year out of colorado who's the more physical corner but you know what he's had some ups and downs but overall he's somebody that you know i think is dependable as your second best corner in the league i mean in the, for the cowboys and then you have anthony brown as the third corner who's kind of a, a lanky lengthy corner that you know the defensive back coach uh, chris richard really likes that link that sized richard sherman type you know db so he really likes brown Brown's been solid and uh, you know what I I really think the corners are have been an upgrade from the days of Brandon Carr and Morris Claiborne so I'm pretty happy with the corners man are they happy with the corners in Frisco Uh,
1: the question its more of a question mark I think that what you're hoping for is for Richard Sherman to kind of take another year and hope to heal from that Achilles injury he spent most of uh, the offseason last year rehabbing from that surgery this year, he has been a full goal in practice, he's been at OTAs, so with him, you know, you feel comfortable, he'll be okay, even at his worst, I don't think there's a huge drop-off. The issue is on the other side, because the other corner from Colorado that that was drafted was Akello Witherspoon. Uh, Ouzier was the higher one, I think he went first, then Kello. Akello's six foot three, another exactly the Niners, like these big corners, and he showed flashes. The year before and then it just like his play regressed this year i mean he was constantly getting burned you know it's hard to tell sometimes whether he's getting burned because he's doesn't know the play or you know he gets burned because of physicality or like the defense messed up like the safeties rolled wrong correctly incorrectly right so you're never sure i mean there was a lot of times where i think in the in the detroit game the second game of the season where he bit he just bit on a play action and game over you know, guy went right past him. He had no ability to recover. You look at a game in Green Bay where the guy went right past him, and you almost see his frustration because you know he plays it a certain way, believing that he's going to have the safety over the top. You know, and when you're a cornerback, if you are told you have a safety over the top, you're going to play that receiver differently. You're going to stack. You're going to be more closer you're gonna take more chances because you know you have you, help you have help that safety and also is going to force the receiver to like or like, excuse me the quarterback to kind of realize that too it's not going to throw over the top but when the safety either forgets his assignment or blows it or runs wrong because he sees another receiver flash in front of him you know it's a blown coverage so this is a big year for Killer witherspoon um they brought in jason in free agency to challenge for that spot you know so you know, and they
0: uh, put him in bubble wrap? He's yeah? in complete bubble wrap. All right, awesome. And he
1: still has a chance to win that position. <laughs> yeah. You know, Akela Willispoon has to prove it. I mean, it's not going to be gifted. I think the big thing about the Niners, and we'll get to the safeties in a bit, but the secondary especially kind of thought, oh, well, we were okay in 2017. We'll be the same. And, and they realized, no, offense is schemed against you now. Like, you weren't just known names that came out of nowhere. You were known players. You were starters in the NFL. And I think he kind of, he kind of succumbed to that oh i got this and it came back and bit him in the ass um corner i feel like Nichols fine with kwan williams um like again they brought barrett and at the end of the day it all goes down to the defensive line for them is can they hold up because these are not corners that are gonna even sherman isn't gonna be taking on guys like t w. hill and man-to-man routes down the field right he's gonna need the defensive line to get pressure to be able to jump routes and use his instincts Akello, if, if he gets his head on straight, you know, he can have a big year, and he can be that corner that they took in the third round. You know, the secondary is by far the one I have the most questions about in the entire roster for the Niners.
0: What about the uh, safeties specifically? How, how are our safeties? Who's starting at safety up in Frisco?
1: Right now, because Jimmy Ward, who was the starting free safety, He is, he makes Jason Brett look like Brett Favre. Oh, wow. Yes. That's crazy. uh, And I say that with no, Wow. that is, he's hurt. He started, he was hurt last year or two years ago. He was a starting, I think he was a starting nickel back. And then he, the year after he was a starting free safety got hurt. This year in OTAs broke his collarbone, diving for a ball. Out six weeks. Yeah. So he should be back week three. (laughs) And he is presumed the starting free safety, but you just don't know because you don't trust him. Adrian Colbert took his spot two years ago, and showed flashes. He was converted. He's like a six-round pick converted from corner to free safety. I mean, he is violent. He is fast. He's an athlete, and he can hit. The issue was, and just like the corners, just like uh, Akello, he came in thinking, "Oh wow, I got this on lock." He, you know, he just seemed lost. I mean, the play against, uh, the play against Kansas City where i mean he's the free safety and he looks completely lost to where he should be and where the ball is Right. and your free safety especially in that cover three single high he can't be that so it's a big year for him because you want to see okay is this young guy gonna be the free safety we need or are we gonna have to draft is this gonna be an issue you know that positions up for grabs and in this defense that's an important position most Niners fans are frustrated because the Niners didn't make a play or strong enough play for Earl Thomas to round out that back. End. Yeah, but he
0: wanted big money. Yeah. The same was for the Cowboys. Everybody wanted Earl Thomas on yeah. the Cowboys, but I mean looking what Baltimore paid. I yeah. don't think he was worth it. No. Not well, not with his injury history. Yeah. Either, you know? If he
1: wanted to sign a two year fourteen million, okay, fine. A little bit high, but you knew you weren't gonna be strapped. You weren't right. tied to him for a long time. You know, and as far as the strong safety, I mean Last year they, they had a chance at Derwin James. They passed on him for McGlinchy, which is fine. I think that that's has help solidify that offensive line. You but, still can't
0: be too happy about that. Derwin James is good.
1: Derwin James is great, but I think he just Shanahan just looked at it, like we need to fix this whole line. Right. He like, couldn't run the off this is an offensive minded team, offensive minded coach. He didn't feel comfortable. He could run the offense the way he wanted to with Trent Brown. So he went and got an athletic, you know, right tackle on McGlinchy. They went off and, and, and signed and extended Jekleski Tart, who, again, he in the box, he's pretty good against the run, but you get tight ends on him. He sometimes get lost. Um, he got hurt, too. They, the whole secondary was banged up. They never had the secondary, the same, front, the same back force start consistently. So you're looking at it like now you have room for Marcel Harris, who's a second-year player coming out of Florida, who showed flashes, especially in the Denver game, had the ability to be a box safety to hit. And another thing for them is to be able to kind of sniff out those screens and running passes, those dump offs. Yeah. And he did that great against Denver, slowed down Philip Lindsay, who was on a tear. So there's some, there's a lot of question marks in that secondary as a whole. And if they can kind of just get to competent, to average, if Colbert and whether it's Harris or Tart can kind of get their act together, I mean they have a def- have ability to be a dynamic, athletic secondary. Now, the safeties for you guys, pretty interesting as well.
0: I mean, a lot of people will accuse me of being a homer for the Cowboys, of course, I'm sure. I've been very high on the defensive line and really high on the linebackers. But just to show you that I'm not a complete homer, I mean, the safety position continues to concern me for the Dallas Cowboys. I think on defense, this has been the weak link ever since Darren Woodson retired. And Darren Woodson retired after uh, during the bill Parcells era so it's been a long time we have not had a solid safety or a, a really above average safety since woodson and roy williams and roy williams fell apart without woodson so i mean safety's just been a problem for a real long time and i'm still wondering when the cowboys are going to address it it just seems to be one of those positions that they just do not value They do not draft safeties in the first two rounds. You know, they just won't do it. No. Um, Xavier Woods, he's a young safety that I I do like, but he still has to show me more. I'm not going to brag about having Xavier Woods as your starting safety, but I think he's solid, and I think there's room to grow. So hopefully he's one of the Cowboys that takes a real huge step forward. I think that would be a big boost to the safety position. And then you have Jeff Heath, who's just – your classic overachiever. I mean, he is athletic and he's actually not that bad of a player, but you just see sometimes he's completely overmatched. You know, he's completely out of position. I remember when Adrian Peterson carried him on his back. He tackled it. He read his assignment. He took care of his gap. He wrapped up Adrian Peterson and Adrian Peterson put a saddle and said, Hey, watch me ride.
1: Into the end zone. Should charge charged him for bus fare. Yeah,
0: right? Same thing. And and then you just see plays like we saw in the playoff game where he just let Goff. Just,
1: he lost contain.
0: He just lost contain, and, and he was just out of the play. He put himself, took himself out of the play. But you know what? Out of everybody in this defensive backfield, let me tell you something. Jeff Heath gets his hands on some footballs every now and then. There'll be a couple of big plays where Jeff Heath is picking off the quarterback. I mean, he picked off Jameis a couple of times a few years ago. I mean, he's he's definitely somebody that can... is just as able to make a big play as to make a big screw-up in the backfield. But you know what? I am concerned about the depth behind them. We have Kayvon Frazier, who's often injured. He's just when he plays I can say he's a solid he's a he's a decent safety with room to grow but he's he's constantly hurt so I'm concerned because I don't really see anybody that can grow into the position at safety aside from Xavier Woods uh the Cowboys did sign uh, George Iloka who's a strong safety more of a box safety type but uh what we really need is that that free safety that that safety that has range and can be that eraser up top and I'm sorry to say, but I, I don't think we're going to see that safety anytime soon. Not not with the way the Cowboys value the safety spot.
1: Yeah, I think that that's kind of the similarity to the Niners. And I think that's the funny on both teams. That is, especially on the defense, the position where we, we have the most questions. I feel pretty confident in my defensive line. And I feel, I feel pretty confident in the defensive line as well as the linebackers. And I'm sure you feel the same way uh, with your team. It's just the secondary, especially the safeties. You just don't know what you're going to get out of them between injuries and just kind of not all the way there you know it's a position that's important and you just kind of want to make sure they're locked down